Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Wednesday, my friends. Welcome, of course, to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. Now, we begin the podcast with Thomas Tuchel, Chelsea, drawing with Graham Potter's Brighton at the Amex in the Premier League. This was the fallout on the TalkSport network. What a fantastic advert for the Premier League this has been. It's honours even. It's an exact repeat of the 1-1 scoreline at Stamford Bridge from three weeks ago. Well, we look tired because we are tired and uh, play against a well-prepared and a strong uh, Brighton team. And uh, they played it like, like a cup game. This crowd celebrated the draw in the end like it was a, like it was a victory. It's, like, it's difficult to play here anyway. Of course, when you're tired, tired mentally, physically, you have a lack of precision, a lack of, a lack of focus. And, and you could see it in our game, but we know where it, where it comes from. Watch. The manager, I think he's brilliant, Tuchel. But the last few weeks, young players giving the ball away, and he's turning round and facing the other way and showing his—he's showing his disgust at the at the mistakes they make. Yeah, Mason Mount looks like he's nailed him in the dressing room a few times. It looks as if he's had the stuffing knocked out of him. Now Lukaku at the start of the season was scoring goals and was flying. You're thinking, wow, this Chelsea side looks dangerous. Then all of a sudden, since that interview, they just don't look the same team. You know, like they look easier to score against. They look more open. They're not fighting for each other. It looks like to be sort of little arguments happening on and off the pitch. You know, it just doesn't seem right. I can even feel it myself. I mean, at some point you sit in the bus and you don't know where you're going and you need to refocus five seconds where, where we're going and, and when are we there and which time we play and when is the next meeting and that's why we need to uh, deconnect. We need to recharge the batteries and, and come back with hunger, with joy. You know what the owners are like, Abramovich, with managers. He's ruthless. If he sees it going south, he'll change it quickly. Our name players tonight Jorginho, wow, what a mess, and I mean that, an absolute disgrace. Alonso, you are kidding me. Lukaku, he didn't win nothing. The rowing on the pitch, professional foot, a team like Chelsea, players rowing on the pitch, and that is shameful. It's the 39th Premier League draw for Graham Potter since he took charge of Brighton. Similar to the one at Stamford Bridge, maybe this one shaded it, I think. Obviously helped by our crowd, who were, who were fantastic, got behind the team. I think they could recognise the effort the players were putting in, the quality of the performance, the courage of the players. Um, really, really good evening for us, I think. The only disappointment is we didn't, we didn't win, but we get a point against a fantastic side and we're, we're happy with that. 
Now Everton have appointed Duncan Ferguson as their caretaker boss after a move to appoint Belgian manager Roberto Mithines, <coughs> excuse me, Martinez stalled. We'll hear from the former Toffees gaffer, Big Sam Allardyce, and Darren Bent as well. But first, here's the ex-cruiserweight champion and Everton fan, Tony Bellew, outlining why Ferguson could be the right man for the job. not just his passion and love you've got to remember Duncan's been involved with every manager since the gaffer David Moyes left so we will have picked up something and learned from all of them in all different ways and there'll be so much that he can do we also forget that when he did have a little spell in charge the four games he went unbeaten and he didn't go unbeaten against you know the likes of the smaller clubs he went to the likes of Old Trafford he went to some tough places and got results and as I said before he got a reaction from the players Dominic Calvert-Lewin was a completely different player when Duncan got him, so when Duncan left him, that was just one person I could name. There's a number of, of instances that we've seen, but give the man a chance, give the man a go. You know, it couldn't be any worse than what we've just been going through recently. Duncan Ferguson at Goodison, appointed as caretaker manager for what Everton are calling their upcoming games. He's seen so many managers come through the door since Moisey, Ali. He's learned from all those managers. Now, the only question is, is can you handle the pressure? Caretaker's fine, but then if it's full-time, you've got to be able to cope with that pressure and I think that his decisions to employ the people to help him along the way if he gets the job full time which I think I think he deserves will be crucial to him and crucial yep. to the future I think it's Duncan's time and I think he's ready if I could help Duncan in any way shape or form I'd, uh, I'd do that because I think he's a fantastic guy and I think he's Everton through and through and maybe that's what the club needs at the moment. My obvious choice would be Wayne Rooney. I think he would be the one that I would go and get. And Derby fans will probably hate me for saying that because he's doing an absolutely fantastic job at Derby right now. They've given themselves the chance. I think they're only eight points from safety considering they had 21-point deduction. But I'd probably wait. I'd give it to Wayne, but I'd wait. I'd get Big Duncan mm-hmm. until the end of the season because that makes sense. He's already there. He understands the football club. The fans love him. He loves that football club. He's shown already in a short space of time when he was interim manager that he can get results. So I would probably look to give it to him until the end of the season and then, depending on what happens at Derby, give Wayne the full season at Derby and then go and get him. If they are going to make a decision at the end of the season on who their long-term manager is going to be, it has to be Wayne Rooney. Now, the ECB has said it will investigate a drinking session marking the end of England's humiliating Ashes series defeat at a hotel which police were called to break up. We'll get the take of former England fast bowler Steve Hammy Harmison. But first, here's Simon Moni Moni Jordan, who's not happy with the players, obviously. There's a huge surprise. Well, we got uh, Nathan Lyon. Yeah, Ruth. That's Carrie. No, I Just video this, just for the lawyers. The optics of it don't look great because we have been absolutely humiliated in the cricket. I mean, humiliated, it's beyond embarrassment. You know, we're in a terrible state. You're representing your country. You've you've performed so badly, so badly, that maybe you should just keep yourself out of any opportunity for people to make this the latest indignation. I think it's a non-story. The police have made a statement saying they came to the hotel Everybody behaved themselves, went to bed. The manager of the hotel has said often get reports of complaints of noise because we're in the middle of the city and the police come quite regularly to the hotel. Nothing was a problem. But in an incident alone, no, I don't think it was. I've seen the video. Thorpe sounded though he's had a few. Big Tom. Good, See you in the morning, everyone. 
you know, talking to, about lawyers and things like that, people say, oh, well, what are they doing at six o'clock in the morning? Got to remember the game finished around about midnight. It was a day night game, finished around about 11.30 mid- midnight in, in Hobart. So I, I think it, as a story, it's a, it's a non-event really. I'm not offended by them having a drink. I'm offended by the optics of how this has been elevated into something perhaps more than it was, or the very nature of these guys being out on the ways. I look at it and go, they've done so poorly that maybe they should be at home drinking milk. I, I know that sounds really, really like I'm offended on behalf of those that aren't offended, but I am offended. I'm offended by their performance. You're offended. I, I'm offended by the degrading nature of that pitiful attempt to represent us on an international stage of cricket against our oldest rival. I think it's pathetic. They've gone from being favourites to losing all 10 wickets for less than 50 runs. That's almost unprecedented. The simple fact is we went to Australia with 20-odd people and we weren't good enough when we got there. And that, for me, is a simple fact. So you can blame whatever you want about drinking cultures, about preparation or anything like that. Australia were just much better than what we were. So I think when you're looking to analyse the tour, you analyse that first and work back over from that, that we just weren't good enough to go over to Australia and win. This, for me, is a, a really is a non-event story. 2002-03, we got beat in Sydney. There was five of us, and I was one of them. We left the Sydney cricket ground on a golf cart driving down the street, absolutely hammered. This is the modern world of social media and 24 hours of sports news. On now to Manchester United boss Ralph Ragnick, ahead of the clash with Brentford, live on Talk Sport, don't you know? The interim slash caretaker manager spoke about Anthony Martial and revealed he's had a meeting to resolve issues with the French international. I said all that needs to be said about that after the game. I nominated him before the game and he was not part of the group. You can draw your own conclusions out of that. I had a conversation with him on on Sunday um, about all this and now for me, from my perspective, everything is, is has been spoken about, is being resolved and no need to add anything on top of that. Now, Brentford defender Ethan Pinnock has been speaking to TalkSport ahead of the game with Manchester United tonight. I just mentioned that, it's live on TalkSport. I think I mentioned that as well. Anyway, he was asked how he will prepare to face off against the likes of Edison Cavani and Cristiano Ronaldo. Plays a great ball to Ronaldo! And Ronaldo has steered it over the line! You know what I always do? Um, obviously, I go through some clips and stuff and, you know, see what positions I'd rather be in and where, where I try not to be and, you know, what, what their movement and patterns are like. And you just got to take it as, as another game. We're coming up against top strikers week in, week out. So this will be nothing different. We just got to make sure we do, do everything we can to try and neutralise their threat. Now, here's the Leicester manager, Brendan Rodgers, ahead of their game with Tottenham Hotspurs, live on Talk Sport 2. He said we must trust clubs when it comes to COVID cases and postponement requests. Everyone has an opinion, but unless you're within the inside of a club and you know exactly what's happening with injuries and with COVID scenarios, then unless you're privy to that private information, then it's probably difficult to say that. So, um, but like I say, all the clubs are are working to get the games on. For me, there's you know we we will always look to play young players anyway, so there's no no difference for the likes of ourselves. But we've stuck to the rules and uh, and of course been always been open about the availability of players, and I'm pretty sure that's what most. Most clubs are um, are as well. On now to my show, of course, Andy Goldstein's drive time alongside QPR striker Super Charlie Austin. 
Let's speak to Ali, he's a Liverpool fan. Hello, Ali, how are you? Uh, yeah, good, thank you. What have, uh, what have you found up to say? What's your controversial football opinion? Uh, so, I think Pelé's the most overrated player ever. <laughs> He's got most, over a thousand The most goals, overrated player like, ever. Everyone always bangs on about that. He scored a thousand goals. He scored a thousand goals playing against Dross in Brazil with goalkeepers without even gloves on. Sneaking away. There's a beautiful pass for him. He's round the goalkeeper. Just let him run off. And he's scored. No! I look at all the old clips and I see George Best miles better. I look, there's nothing that Pele's ever done in all the videos I've ever seen. What about three World Cups? Just World Cup. Just World Cup. There's there's nothing Pele's ever done apart from... I think he scored in 58, he scored as a 17-year-old in the World Cup final. I know, so did Michael Owen. Obviously not in a World Cup final, but I'd say Michael Owen's goal against Argentina was better than any goals Pele scored. So So you're just saying, just so we can be... Clear, you're saying Michael Owen's better than Pelé. Don't say it. No, don't no, no. Say I've, just used that, I've just used that as an example of a goal in a World Cup that I think is better. All the old videos I've seen of George Best, some of the stuff of George Best, I just think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I look at the same videos of the same era, um, and bear in mind Pelé was playing for a brilliant Brazil team where they were going to win World Cups. They would have won all those World Cups whether he played or not. So someone else would have just done that and just slotted in. Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app, wherever you get your podcasts from. Of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. I'm back on the TalkSport network today. Well, on TalkSport at 4pm and Andy Goldstein's drive time alongside Darren Ben. Quick reminder, you can hear live commentary and it's exclusive, don't you know? Ooh, on TalkSport 2 tonight, half seven, it's Leicester against Spurs. And at eight o'clock on TalkSport, it's Brentford against Manchester United. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts out first in the morning. So do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good one. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. 